Hey friends, welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum. Each episode, I sit down with a guest to discuss their life journey and how the grace of God has impacted them along the way. After listening to today's episode, I hope you are encouraged that God can use you right now in the midst of your day-to-day life. Yes, it requires daily surrender and trust, but we must remember His grace is enough. In the book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, Pete Scazzaro writes, None of us come from perfect families with perfect parents. Most parents did the best they could with what they brought with them into adulthood. And it is likely that some of the things that did hurt us, such as criticism and rejection, were a result of what was handed to them by their families of origin, rather than a reflection on us or their love for us. Pete goes on to say, Unhealed wounds open us up to habitual sin against God and others. Today, I talk with Kia Stevens. We talk about the wounds that many women receive from their earthly fathers and how she uses her personal experience, her personal journey to encourage women to exchange those wounds for the love of God the Father. Now, before we dive into our conversation, I want to invite you to check out new Grace Enough merchandise that is available for purchase. Every purchase helps cover the cost of the podcast, and it is a great conversation starter. You can view and purchase available shirts and other merchandise by visiting graceenoughpodcast.com backslash swag. That's graceenoughpodcast.com backslash swag. With that, here is my conversation with Kia Stevens. Good morning, Kia. Thank you for being on the Grace Enough podcast today. Good morning, Amber. Thank you for having me. Yeah, let's just jump in and go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell them a little bit about what you do and your family. Sure. Well, my name is Kia Stevens, and I am a mother of two. I um, have previously homeschooled both. One is going to brick and mortar next year, but the other one is at home with me. And in addition to that, I'm a wife of almost 17 years, which I'm grateful to God for. And then in addition to that, um, about six years ago, I started the Father Swap blog to help women exchange their father wounds for the love of God the Father. And then uh, shortly after that, I created Entrusted Women to help equip Christian women communicators of color. So that's just a little bit about me. Yeah. And you live in North Carolina too, correct? No, I don't. You're the second person to ask me that. I actually live in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, okay. I don't know what made me think that, but probably something that I read and then just got everything a little bit confused. I have friends in North Carolina. So you said you're sending one to a brick and mortar. Has Georgia decided they're going back to school full out? I think we really don't know what Georgia is going to do, just like we don't know what the rest of the nation is going to do. Um, so I think, um, my son's school is still preparing to go back, but I imagine that will change. You know, it's just, it's such an uncertain time. It's hard to predict what the day is going to bring, let alone the next month. So that's kind of where we are. Yeah. It's the same here in North Carolina. I, we do a, a university model type school. So my kids go to school two days a week and then I homeschool them the other three days. And that's been 
I mean, it's kind of nice going forward because it's a little bit like this virtual academy that people are, you know, some public schools are setting up anyways, right. um, mm-hmm. you know, trying to figure that how many days on, how many days off and all that. So it'll be interesting to see what we decide. Well, we are going to talk about father wounds today. And so to get us started, share your personal journey with that and how that has impacted the ministry that you currently do. Well, I'm the product of a divorce. I grew up in a single parent household. My parents were married maybe about three years. And then shortly thereafter, they got a divorce. And initially, I had a couple of visitations with my father. um, And then that just fell off. And I found myself growing up really seeing my father sporadically, maybe every year or so. And um the most I knew about my dad was that he would bring gifts to my grandfather and leave them on the porch for me to pick up on birthdays, which I am grateful for because I know that's not something that everyone with father wounds receives, even though it's not the ideal. And I thought pretty much that I didn't really have problems with father wounds until I went to college and I was sitting in the dorm room with a friend of mine and I asked her about a bookshelf and she said, I made that bookshelf with my dad. And I knew in that moment that she had what I wanted, which was a relationship. And I did the best I could to come out of that room (laughs) without, you know, boo-hoo-hooing all over myself. And, And that was really the point where I began to realize I missed something. I wanted what I missed. I wanted to figure out how to get it. I was having all kinds of emotions and feelings. And um, from that, we really beget the journey of me pursuing my dad and, and trying to pursue this relationship that I had I idolized, honestly. Mm-hmm. And um, the Father Swap blog is... Um, it it captures some of that journey. It also captures beyond that where I realized you can't change people. You can't just add water and stir and create the relationship that you idealize. People are who they are and you have to learn how to love and accept them and then decide uh, what type of relationship is, is possible. So that's pretty much the father swap blog, just learning how to, um, grieve what you didn't receive and Mm. what you may not ever receive. Also learning how to go to God and say, you know, if you um, care about the the fatherless or or those who have father wounds, what does that even look like? How are you capable of healing my hurts? Are you capable of fathering me even though I can't see you, I can't hear you, I can't touch you? Well, and so when did you come to know Jesus and how did that really impact the way you viewed God with the pain that you carried from your earthly father? So I came to know the Lord. I was probably eight years old. And, and honestly, I, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. I remember all of my friends starting to take communion on the first Sunday. And I was like, man, I want to take communion. So I accepted Christ and did the whole the whole shebang, the plan of salvation, you know, really because I was motivated to get grape juice and crackers on the <laughs> Sunday. But um, I still did believe in Jesus. I believe that he died on the cross, rose for, for from the grave for my sins, all of that. But in terms of the relationship, it was more of an evolution, you know, really trusting him. And I, I have um, some posts that I've written where I talk about how it was easy for me to believe that God Uh, was the God of the Israelites, that he parted the Red Sea, that he was the God that, you know, told Noah to build the ark 
or he he was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know. But when it came to believing that he was a God that was intimately concerned about the details of my life and, and the place that I felt broken and hurt, it was a, a struggle. I, I went through a lot of time where I was angry with God or frustrated with God, where I questioned if you are the sovereign God of the universe, if you created the heavens and the earth, why couldn't you create families that were that had um, a mother and a father? Why why is it that some women grow up with alcoholic fathers or or fathers who abandon them or fathers who abuse them? And so I had a moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm still saved, still still going to church, still serving in the church, but just really grappling with these um, deep issues and the place where I landed after much counseling, much prayer, many tears, is that the bad things that happen in this life, um, encompassing father wounds, does not negate who God is. God is still um, sovereign. He's still healer. He's still ruler. He is still compassionate and good. He is still a caring and loving father. He is still all of those things. The existence of sin in our world Mm -hmm. um, and what he allows does not negate who he is. Um, and it also does not negate his tremendous love for us. Mm-hmm. And, and we understand that by faith. It is a choice. Um, we can choose to reject it and say, well, if this exists, then if, if suffering exists, then God is not real. But that will leave us n- with nothing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, okay. I've, I've made that. Yeah, it'll, it'll leave us helpless. We can try to turn to the things that are more tangible that we can see, like alcohol, a man, or success, or power, money, those things, but it will leave us empty in the end, um, and we'll still be looking for something of substance, of, of value to fill that ache that is designed to be filled by the love of a father. Mm-hmm. And so what I have come to understand is that the best way to get that ache filled and be satisfied is by the love of God. Well, and something you said at the beginning is wrestling through that with God, yet still serving. And I have said that, you know, over and over again to people, conversations on this podcast of the wrestling with God through deep questions is part of what really grows our intimacy with Him because He wants to hear that from us. He already knows we're feeling it. There's nothing wrong with taking that to him and really digging Mm -hmm. in deep because every time he will show himself faithful. I definitely agree. And you see examples of that in the Bible. Uh, I did another podcast of just a while back talking about Hagar and just, I was so impacted in preparing for that podcast, thinking about Hagar and how she ran to the, to the desert um, twice. Mm -hmm. Um, But that first time she ran, ran there, the angel of the Lord pursued her and told her to go back, told her Mm -hmm. to go back to her mistress or Sarai, I believe at that time. And just the wrestling that it would take to go back, to a place of, of pain, of, of sorrow, of difficulty. But then he said, I'll bless you in that place. And I think we, when we look at the Bible and we look at the, the portrait or the portrayal, the portrait of people that we see in the Bible, we have to really evaluate them as people. That's right. And, and, 
and what they were wrestling with and what it took for, for them to, to walk their own journey. The conversations that they had with God, the conversations David had with God in the Psalms. He was very mm-hmm. candid. He was very open about what he wanted God to do to his enemies. He was, I mean, if he was sorrowful, you knew it. So That's I right. think God can handle the breath, the width of, of our pain, the depth, the, the width, all of it, whatever we have, if we are despondent or depressed or discouraged or angry or frustrated or joyful, or if we are full of peace, whatever we have, God can take, he can handle it. He's That's God. Right. That's right. Well, and I had sent this to you because I'm currently doing, reading through a book, doing a study of Pete Scazzaro's Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And so I'm going to read this quote and then ask you a question about it. So in his book, he writes, emotionally healthy spirituality is about reality, not denial or illusion. It is about embracing God's choice to birth us into a particular family, in a particular place, at a particular moment in history. That choice granted to us certain opportunities and gifts. It also handed to us a certain amount of what I will call emotional baggage in our journey through life. For some of us, the load was minimal. For others, it turned out to be a heavy one to carry. And so for many of us, that load does include wounds from our father. What are some of the common wounds that you have seen personally and just in your ministry that are wounds from fathers And how do you really encourage women to heal from that? Well, I keep a running survey on my blog. And so today we have um, just shy of 700 women that have uh, completed that survey. I'm not saying that to brag because I know attached to every number is a woman. And that's a, a very sad sad reality for me that that those are women but the information is very telling a majority of those women know father wounds because their father was emotionally absent but physically present many have experienced um, father wounds as it relates to alcoholism or abuse and um, um, abandonment those are very difficult um, very difficult realities I think that a lot impacts when how, how the wound affects the woman. It it can be um, impactful depending on how old was she when the wound was inflicted. Mm. Um, was she just a girl? Was she a teenager? Was she a woman? Um, how many times did the wound happen? What is the woman's temperament? You know, did some for some women, it's hard for them to even say that they have a wound because there is a place where they love their father. But they're also acknowledging his um, his failures and and his shortcomings, and or he has an anger problem. But he took me to the fair when I was a child. You know, it's it's not a one size fits all wound that you can describe. It it has nuances. It has shades of differences, and and so that's something that has to be acknowledged. One of the things that I have come to understand is that what we experience in this life, what God allows us to experience is directly correlated to the call of God that's on our life. It's, it's tied to the purpose that Mm. God has for us. It's also tied to a person. 
And so that's how I have come to understand some of the challenges that I faced in my life. Because fast forward five years later, one month later, five days later, six six days later, six hours later, I either encounter a person or I end up doing something that um, has brought purpose to my pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, just look at the Father Swap blog. Like the Father Swap blog would not be here. The Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, it would not be here. Look at all of these women. All of those 600 plus women would not have had an outlet to go to to read about if I had grown up with the father that I longed to grow up with. Um, so I, I, that's one place of encouragement that I offer. But before I could even get there, I, I know I have to start with the grief. And the grief is tremendous for women who have any type of a wound where it is, uh, whether it's a surface wound or a deep, mm-hmm. deep laceration of the heart, it all has to be grieved. Um, and I think, you know, grief is not something that you can say it's going to take one day or two days. Right. It may take a year. It may be ongoing. You might think you're fine. And then all of a sudden see a dad with his daughter doting on his daughter in Target. And then you find yourself tearing up. And it's like, why am I tearing up? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's, it's not to push away those tears or to say, I don't want to grieve. You just grieve. If you need to grieve, do so. If you need to walk the for- forgiveness journey, I talk a lot about forgiveness and what that looks like. Uh, helping women to understand that forgiveness is not, it's not denying, it's not accepting, it's not dismissing, it's, it's not saying you're going to pursue a relationship with your dad. All forgiveness is saying is that I am relinquishing my right to hold another person responsible for the wrong that they have done to me. That's all it is. Forgiveness is for the woman or, or the person with the wound. And and that's all that it is. It's, yeah. it's to help them release the bitterness, release the anger. Um, so I walk women through forgiveness. And then I also just help them to process, not accept and not condone, but process their father. You have to begin to evaluate what did your father receive? Was your yes. father father? Is he capable of fathering another person? Is he capable of giving and receiving love? What is his emotional maturity? Is he on a chemical substance? All of these things should be factored. It, it helps. It helps. It does not justify. That's but right. But it helps you to understand and, and come to the realization what I'm desiring from this person, they just might not be able to give. And at that place, uh, that place of acceptance, let me go to God. Let me just go to God. Yeah, well, and that whole idea, too, of sometimes forgiveness, it is over and over again, because for many people with father wounds, mother wounds, whatever kind of wounds, you may actually be in some type of relationship with Mm -hmm. your adult parents, and those things can keep happening, maybe not like the physical abuse and things like that. But that longing to be in good, close relationship doesn't go away. Right. So, so very true. And I'm glad you said that um, because it brings in the need to um, establish boundaries. And um, that's the other thing that I say to women is that you might be looking at someone else. You might be looking at me. I have opted to pursue a relationship with my father. I, I communicate with my dad. I love my father. I try to you know, reach out to him and help him. But for some people, that just may not be the best idea. 
for some women, it, you might need to um, establish a, a degree of distance between your dad because it just might not be healthy. Maybe loving your father is praying for him. Maybe mm -hmm. loving your father is sending him a card or a letter, but, but it's going to look different. And I honestly, I am not a counselor. I've had a lot of counseling, but I do encourage women to seek professional counseling when it comes to things like this, because you don't want to re-traumatize yourself or re, you know, anything. You've done all this work to try and get healthy and be whole. You don't want to find yourself back in it. And, and women don't have to feel guilty if for you, uh, loving your dad is not in a, in a relationship with him or going to see him every week and bringing your kids over there. You don't have to feel guilty for that. You don't have to feel guilty for fighting for um, wholeness and healing. So yeah, that's that's something that every woman has to decide um, what right. she's going to do. Right. And God gives us the choice. He gives us the choice to, to choose what we're going to do. And the Holy Spirit will lead us. Thank goodness. I'm so glad to be doing this journey with my heavenly father because he will lead us. He will guide us. He will say, don't go there. Don't say that say it like this or or be patient or just take a break don't respond to this email all these different things um where we're like oh my goodness why is it so complicated god will help us in in these challenging relationships well and that's something else when we think about god as father uh it's so easy to attach to god the same attributes we have seen demonstrated in our daily lives. So what would you say are some of the attributes of God as father, maybe characteristics of that, that you have proclaimed in your own life to replace sometimes the lie that we have seen um, because relationships are human, whether that's with your dad, um, even sometimes good relationships, we can take those attributes of people and put them onto God and that might not even be who he is. So what are some things that you feel like you worked through with God as father? Uh, I think the place that I would start in answering that question is that there's a quote that I often share that um, I got from the Washington Times and says sociologists believe that God is like the father figures that they had in their lives. So if a father was distant or if he was if he was authoritative, if he was absent, whatever type of father we have, we, we tend to cast that attribute onto, onto God. Um, we tend to view God through the lens of the man that was in our life or not in our life. And we perceive him to be that way. And so we have to begin to go to the scriptures to understand who God really is. Um, and so the, another quote that I would say is that, um, is that God cannot be limited to our understanding of father. He supersedes every connotation of the word father. So whatever is even the greatest father that we have in our mind's eye, God supersedes that. Um, and so now with that, I will go into some attributes um, that I have seen um, present. He's present and he's empathetic. Doesn't matter where we are, what we could be doing. We see that in Psalms 139. If we go to the depths, he's there. If we wherever we are, God is there. And so he's with us in, in every emotion, in every location, wherever we move, God is present 24 hours a day. Um, I've also seen God to be um, a healer. He heals our broken hearts. Um, the mere fact that I'm even on this podcast talking about it, because yes. I went through great, tremendous pain 
just tremendous pain when a woman doesn't feel loved by her father, when she doesn't feel affirmed or validated or wanted by her dad. That is tremendous pain. So the it's a miracle <laughs> yeah. that I'm here on this podcast talking to you. So I've seen him as healer. I've seen him as, as a protector. There have been times when I, my life, I thought my life was in danger. I shared this on another podcast, but um, my last year of teaching, I worked in a socioeconomically depressed area, a lot of crime, a lot of trouble, and I never felt unsafe. I, I worked for Atlanta Public Schools for 15 years, but that last year, one of my um, male parents of a student threatened my, my life. And, um, and I ended up having to talk to the police and all, all of this. It was, it was just, it went through me in a way nothing else had. Mm -hmm. um, I never felt that afraid for whatever reason. And, and I remember there was a, um, a person on staff who was really in my life as kind of a big brother. Mm -hmm. And he, that the day that I was threatened, he got my keys and moved my car to the front of the school. I had previously been parking on a back parking lot. In addition to that, every day until school let out, he put a cone in the parking lot for me so I could have a front parking space that was close to the entrance of the school. And I thanked him, but I yes. knew without a shadow of doubt that that was the love of God, the Father. That was protector God stepping in for me, um, assuring me, securing me, saying, I got you, I will take care of you. And, and that's what I have come to do in a lot of situations is just recognizing that God uses his followers as his hands and feet in the earth. And, and for us not to confuse that and to then be relying on these people to come and meet our needs. No, right. people are not our source. So I don't encourage people to get a surrogate father or a surrogate anything, but to recognize that God might choose to use some of the men and women around us to encourage us and to, to just, give us what we need in that time. In addition to his word, in addition to podcasts, in addition to blog posts, in addition to messages. So those are a few things. Uh, I think I've only said three, but maybe I've said a lot. So I've seen him as a protector, as a healer, as a provider. I've seen him as a present God, as an empathetic God. Um, and I mentioned earlier about how we can go to him with all these different emotions. Um, I, I take so much solace in that. Um, and I'm at the place now where, although I have people in my life that I lean on and I love, I would lose them. If it, if it came between losing them or losing God, I choose God mm -hmm. all, all day because he is consistent. He doesn't change. He's the same. He can handle all of it. Everything that I can face in this life, he can handle all of it. So um, those are a few of the attributes that, that I've seen in God. Well, and that's something that as a dad, I think about the verses in Psalm where he does say, I have searched you and I know you. And we yeah. can trust that the God of the universe knows every bit of us. And you said that when you were talking about his presence, but that to some people can freak them out because it's like, oh, he knows all of our bad stuff too. But I'm like, no, that's a gift because God is still offering his love to us despite the good, the bad, the ugly. And that doesn't get taken away from us, which as humans, again, dad, mom, whatever, we base how we treat people a lot of times on their behavior. 
And I mean, now, yes, God is judge and he is just, but he still is constantly extending this invitation of love to us despite what he knows good, bad, or ugly about us. And that is like something of God the Father that just is different than any human we're ever going to connect with. Mm -hmm. I I definitely agree. And I think that um, we have probably dumbed down how amazing it is that we get to talk to God the Father. Like I'm in Genesis right now and um, just looking at the sovereignty of God, like we have the opportunity to commune with this God who Mm -hmm. formed and fashioned the universe. He created every type of vegetation that exists. He put the stars in the sky. He created the expanse, you know, separated the waters from the sky. I mean, all these things, it's like, he is amazing. And yet he pursues us. He wants to not just know us, but then spend time with us. And I remember there was a time in my life I think I was reading this book called God Chasers by Tommy Tani or something. I, I don't know. I might get that name wrong because it was in college when I read it. And I had this re- revelation that I spent so much of my life chasing all these people, chasing guys and chasing, you know, oh, yeah. ev- everything yeah. else, trying to get somebody to love me and, and know me and value me and accept me. And, and I had this thought, God's been chasing me the whole time. God has been saying, I love you the whole time. I want you the whole time. I want to spend time with you the whole time. And I think we have to get that revelation Mm. that in all of our chasing for accolades and for success or whatever we're chasing, um, God has been chasing us the whole time. He's chasing you right now with this podcast, with the very words that I'm saying, God is chasing you. Um, and, and the fact that he would continue to chase us, even after we chase our other things, even after he sees every flaw and defect in our personality and behavior and our inconsistencies and insecurities, he's still chasing us. That should shake us to say, you know what, let me chase him back. Let me, let me dive into the, the relationship that he's offering me because it's, it's just truly amazing. Well, and you may have just answered this question, but. I'm going to say it anyways, Um, for the woman who may be listening right now that is just at that deep, broken place that you and I know, mine is not from a father wound, but it is certainly from a wound from a family member. How would you encourage her to press on? What I would say, number one, is, is to grieve to greet, just to have a good cry. There, there's something that is so cleansing and healing just from crying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after you cry, I would say, talk to God, have an honest, candid conversation with God. Um, I've even at times told, I've dared women to do it. <laughs> I've dared them to say to God, if you are who you say you are, yep. then prove it. me i need you to be this in my life i need you to be a father to the fatherless i need you to be the god who heals the brokenhearted god if this is true because i'm struggling to believe that you are really who you say you are if you are this i would encourage women to have that type of a conversation i would also encourage women to pursue counseling if this has been a struggling a struggle that you've consistently come back to then it may mean that you need to rely on 
the the men and women, I would recommend a woman if you're a woman, but um, who have been given wisdom by God to help us sort through some of these hurts that we face in life. Um, I have done it many times and I'm confident that I would not be where I am today had I not had the wisdom of people who could see what I could not see to help me kind of understand and process and figure things out. I would definitely say say that to them but the starting place is is really it's on your knees it's always on your knees and and we i have been amazed by how god has come in and and met me uh, in surprising ways in 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 ways i would not not have ever anticipated um and and i'm not anybody special it's there's there's nothing that says oh we're gonna answer all kids prayers not that all my prayers are answered but I do believe that um, when we have a pure heart, when we're honest before God, when we're giving him our, our most vulnerable selves, mm-hmm. I believe it pricks the heart of God and mm-hmm. it causes, it, it activates um, him in our life. You know, um, not that it's dependent on what we do, but I just believe that God will meet us yes. when, when, we, when we cry out to him. Yeah. Well, and how can women connect with you? What what is, is it fatherswapblog.com? Share that with us. Uh, if women go to kiastevens.com, they can find um, the Father Swap blog. You can also find me on Instagram. If you go to Instagram, Kia in Stevens, at Kia in Stevens, you can find me there. Or you can go directly to the Father Swap blog Instagram. Um, and that's just Father Swap, uh, at Father Swap. And for the Father Swap blog, it's fatherswap.com. But really to make it all easy, just go to kiastevens.com. You'll find everything there. That's right. Kia, thanks so much for sharing your heart with us and for the work that you do with women. I'm very, very grateful for it. Sure. I'm honored to do do it. And, and my heart is that any woman that has ever felt like I've felt before, that you would be encouraged, that you would know that there's hope to be free, hope yeah. to be healed, hope to have joy. There's hope for women with father wounds. And that's why I do what I do. Absolutely. Thank you. As episode 80 comes to a close, don't forget to visit graceenoughpodcast.com backslash swag. There you can view four shirt styles that you can purchase to help me continue to cover the cost of producing Grace Enough Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough Podcast. Tune in next time.